0: It's a conversation no one wants to be a part of. We're sorry, but we're going to have to let you go. Though it is not an easy discussion to lead, it's a necessary one to ensure our organization continues in the right direction. On this episode, we're wrapping up this two part series with the lead pastor of Itown Church, Dave Summerall, who's helping us answer the tough question when is it time to let a team member go? Let's get to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the ROI Podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelley School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside Associate Dean Phil Powell, where we work hard to help organizations make better business decisions. If you're new to the show, welcome to the Kelley family. Our weekly podcast offers three to five takeaways for organizational development. And to our loyal audience, just thank you so much for your continued support. We are honored you spend this time with us each week. We would love to hear from you. Send us your questions to roipod, that's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-U-P-U-I dot E-D-U. So last week, we asked the question, when is it time to hire a new employee? Dave Summerall took us inside his organization, giving us his insight on when they decide to hire a new staff member. If you missed last week's episode, be sure to go back and take a listen. This week, we're going to jump on the other side of the HR spectrum and answer the tough question, when is it time to let a team member go?
1: One of the hardest conversations any leader has to lead is one of termination. Even when an employee clearly needs to move on, it weighs heavy on any good manager. Because, despite popular belief, we are all human, and we don't like to see folks suffer, or lose their job, or have financial insecurity. So, most of the time, firing an individual becomes the last resort for the leadership team. And we all reflect on the question, when we're running an organization, when is it time?
0: As we know, leadership always starts with ourselves. So, in order to answer the question, when is it time to let someone go, We must clearly understand our processes throughout our organization so we have a baseline to move from. I think that
2: the key to that is to never get disconnected from the people who are impacted. I think it's easy to lose your way as the senior leader when you get too disconnected from the process. It's why when you watch the show Undercover Boss... Every C-level executive or business owner that goes out and experiences the hands-on impact of the customer and the, the employees at the ground level come back and they make organizational and systematic changes. It's when we get removed from the process uh, as pastors, when we only stay in the green room, we never shake hands with the people, we're never in the hospital, we're never involved in the messiness of people's lives, that we start creating policies and procedures and culture that doesn't meet the needs of people. And I would say to every high-level executive of any business organization to always find ways to get out of the office and stay connected to uh, the ground level, the grassroots folks that their organization impacts uh, because you get real raw customer feedback and you can make real-time changes to systems and
1: procedures that can very easily grow irrelevant for the people you're trying to reach. If you are authentically connected to the grassroots of your organization, you are naturally gonna be empathetic and your employees are gonna know that. And this is the key to success. The key to success is not to be hard. It's for your staff to understand that you have their back
0: and that you're there with them. Going back to last week's episode, we need to look through the same filter we do when we ask the question, when is it time to hire a new team member? We have to use our clearly defined culture. Going back to a clip from last week, Dave said, One of the phrases that we have is, culture has to be caught, it can't be taught.
2: Making sure that from the top down, everybody understands it and embraces it, those new employees will clearly stick out like a sore thumb when they don't embrace it. And then they have to make a choice. Am I just gonna do what the culture is? If i am, am I gonna be that? Or am I gonna move on and find another place to, to work? And then those that don't have it clearly can see I'm, I'm going to have to make a choice here. i mean, it's got to be like everyone else and embrace the culture and honor it, or I'm going to have to
1: remove myself from the organization because it just doesn't work. Here is a great takeaway insight. If you have the right culture and it's supported and represented by the leadership, most individuals who need to be fired will fire themselves. They will figure out that they don't fit and they will move on. And if that happens, the number of tough conversations that you have to have
0: as a manager to actually fire somebody goes down. But what happens when we do have that team member who fits the culture but misses the mark? How do we know when we need to let them go? First, we need to try to come alongside them and try our best to coach them through
2: this. The worst thing that you can have is someone that that they don't understand that they're not succeeding or they don't understand that they don't embrace the culture. In their mind, they're doing everything they know how to do and they're embracing the culture. Those are the most indif- difficult conversations to have. And I would say that Uh, for an organizational leader or for a department head, that has to just be constant, difficult conversations of, hey, here's where you were off and here's why. Just practical examples... Uh, we like to embrace that shoulder to shoulder. Hey, while we're in the midst of setting up this tent or uh, setting up parking cones, hey, I noticed this, can you speak to that? Hey, that conversation was a little bit rough that you just had five minutes ago. So we're kind of addressing it in the moment, but through a lot of grace, it's not a, hey, let's go to coffee, let me sit down, let me have this very confrontational conversation because you can make it a lot lighter and create, I think, a lot of leadership momentum in a person's life Uh, because it's not as confrontational. They don't have this big wall up. They're not trying to defend themselves and defend their actions. And I think through constant shoulder-to-shoulder conversations, you can create this dialogue that allows you the opportunity to speak into people's lives, holding them to the standard of culture and performance. And then when they don't meet those expectations, you just be faithful to continue having the conversations, and eventually they just get tired of getting talked to and, and typically, even those that are a bit self-deceived will come around and they'll begin to see, okay, you're, you're still talking to me about this and obviously I, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to, but I'm not making you happy. I'm not meeting your expectations.
1: And the key to effective shoulder-to-shoulder conversations starts with building a relationship on trust early on. The best thing is to build a relationship. And for us, I would like to
2: believe that From team members who burn out, uh, who just serve, who are go team members, all the way up to uh, high level staff members, that there's somebody over them in relationship with them so that the conversation can be trusted. And it will be a sensitive conversation if there's no relational foundation, because I have to know that you're for me uh, before you start to really speak into my life. So we really try from the very beginning to be faithful with that. Let's have good relationships. Let's build community. Let's make sure that this person knows that I trust them. So that if I have to talk to a, a team leader or a team member who seems to be burnt out and is obviously not finding success, that they're not saying, hey, you don't have that room to speak into my life or "What? who are you to say? There's a there's a great reputation so that conversation can flow naturally. And if that relationship isn't there, I would tell Uh, managers, leaders, make sure you build that relationship with that person and let them talk about their life. Let them describe what, what they're feeling and what they're sensing before correcting. Because I think that that foundation of relationship can make that conversation so much smoother because their hearts are open. And when their hearts are open, uh, then you lead with questions. Why do you feel that way? What's going on? Tell me, tell me, what emotions you're processing versus saying, hey, you're failing and I can tell that you're terrible and you need this or that. Uh, just asking questions and drawing it out of people is a great leadership tactic that once the trust is built, then they'll be honest in that conversation. And then I think the con- the, the other thing is that have, you have the conversation really early. You need to be intuitive as a leader to uh, the needs of the people beneath you and how well they're doing and and call that out early. Hey, I know things haven't been going well lately, and I want to know where you're at. And I do that a lot with our team. In fact, just the other day, I called a guy and just said, "Hey, uh, I don't. I, I, we've had some tough conversations. I need to know where you're at. I need to know how you how are you feeling, and and what's going on. And I just I care about you. i I'm, I want you to be successful. And when you establish that foundation, then then people are a lot more open to suggestions and to leadership and guidance when they're navigating those emotionally fragile moments of burnout.
0: The next thing we need to check before deciding when to let that person go is for burnout. Have they been working really hard and making no progress?
2: I think that too much of culture thinks burnout comes from working too hard. And I don't think that's true. I think uh, burnout comes from working hard and making no progress. We have to make sure that people are winning, that they feel like they're winning. In fact, when we see a person that, that looks like they're drowning a little bit, when you can always see it in their eyes. you know The eyes truly are the window to the soul. You can look into a person's eyes and see the condition of their soul, and we, we monitor that very closely on our organization. We also know that when someone is having constant leadership conversations, we're doing a lot of shoulder-to-shoulder conversations, that um, they're probably struggling. And so we have we're faithful to have that conversation, too. How do you feel about this? Where are you at? How's your motivation doing? And as people start to show signs of burnout, it usually means that either they're, they're in the wrong role or they have too much on their plate. And so we'll cut back uh, people's levels of responsibilities so that they can feel like they're winning because they need a few good, hey, you did that and it, it worked out great versus you dropped the ball here, you missed that detail, you missed this over here, too much of that for too long. It doesn't matter if you're working 20 hours or 80 hours a week, that's gonna grind at you pretty hard. And in ministry, sometimes uh, it's kind of a job that's never done uh, because even as you're counseling and helping people, there's always somebody else that's hurting. There's always somebody else to visit. And so we have to make sure that we protect that day off really strong, that we keep people, we call it in their lane. We keep them in their gift mix or in a place that they're passionate about because if someone's passionate and they feel like they're winning, they're never going to burn out no matter how hard they work, as long as they're taking at least a day, like Scripture says, they take a Sabbath, they take one day off. And uh, when people start to violate those things, we can see that they start to get tired, and we'll either uh, shift their role, we'll take away responsibilities, we'll uh, send them on vacation, uh, we'll make sure that that we monitor it closely. And if people can't get into a, a healthy pattern, a healthy rhythm, Uh, Typically, it's because they're
1: not supposed to be on the team and we help them make that transition as well. Burnout is dangerously toxic. Your most productive and motivated employees can find themselves not willing to get out of the bed in the morning and if those folks aren't coming to work with that positive mindset that you're used to, your organization can flatline. The good news is, is that burnout is the easiest thing to coach, but at the end of the day, you've got to stay ahead of it as a manager because again,
0: it can poison your success. Finally. After we've built that trust with our team members, we've had many shoulder-to-shoulder conversations to coach them through this hard point, and we've helped them find their passion by leading them through burnout, if we've had no success, then it's time to let that person go.
2: At iTown, when it's time for someone to go, it's not a surprise to anybody involved. That's kind of the rule of thumb that we use, is that it should never be a surprise. And so sometimes you have people on the team they know that they don't fit in the culture. They know that they're failing expectations. And and basically, by the time you have the conversation with them, if we think it's time to go a different direction, they're saying, oh, thank God, I really wanted to quit anyway, but didn't have the guts to, or I was about to quit, or sometimes they do go ahead and quit. I've always been told to hire slow and fire fast. And I wish I'd have been a little bit more faithful to that. There are a couple of times I felt like we needed position filled and jumped the gun on people that uh, probably shouldn't have been a part of the team and ended up creating a little bit of heartache. Or there were times that uh, there were cultural things wrong within the team. And I just convinced myself that it wasn't a big deal. And because I didn't want to have the confrontational conversations that would make things difficult and felt like it would be awkward. And so I didn't have confrontation as often and as frequently as I probably should have. And I would say that's probably my greatest regret is uh, the times that I knew I needed to make a change, but I drug my feet in doing it because it just cost us time organizationally that we could have been healthier, we could have been growing, we could have identified the right people, but we couldn't because we had the wrong people in place. And I knew we had the wrong people and just kept convincing myself that somehow it would all work out when in reality. God was waiting on me to be faithful with the leadership he'd given me to have the tough conversations and allow them the opportunity to move or to grow. And now we're just faithful to have those conversations and faithful to, to manage those staff that are, that are here. And early on, when we find somebody that seems like they have lots of potential, but we see some of these warning signs, we just call those things out early and are faithful to have those conversations of, hey, I'd really like for this to work, but I see there's a little bit of inflexibility. I see that there's a little bit of pride and we value humility. I see that I've tried to teach you a couple of things and you seem to always have the answers and you don't have a lot of honesty uh, there in your own life and self-awareness. And uh, you know we're faithful to to talk about that now before they ever get on the team, and I think we save ourselves a lot of heartache.
0: So let's recap. One of the toughest conversations to have as a leader is letting a team member go. No matter if it's immediate termination or one that follows extensive coaching, it's never easy. Just like last week, our foundation to know when it's time to let a team member go stems from our culture. A clearly defined and defended culture will do most of the hard work for us, as in, it will weed out people who do not fit. They will feel it and have to decide if they're going to embrace the culture or move on. But what happens when they do fit the culture but are not performing well? The first way to answer when is it time to let that person go is by building a relationship early on rooted in trust and personal care. If they don't trust you, they will have a hard time receiving some coaching. Once trust is established, we have leadership conversations. We don't coach face to face, rather we go shoulder to shoulder, whether casually in the hall on the way to lunch, or working on a project together, use that time to mention what they can do better. This addresses the problem in the moment, yet is a softer approach to a, quote, come into my office meeting. Next, we need to address and identify burnout. Can you see it in their eyes? Are we having constant leadership conversations? If burnout is the case, it's up to us to help them find the right role, take off responsibility so they can win, or give some time off to help them recalibrate their heart and their mind. Finally, once we are confident we've done all we can do as a leader, now is the time to let that team member go. Even though it's a tough conversation to have, here's some good news. This conversation will not be a surprise to anyone involved. When we get to this point, both you as a leader and the team member involved will see it coming. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside Associate Dean, Phil Powell, where we work hard to help organizations make better business decisions. Thanks for listening.